So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, so great to have you here. I think this is going to be a really interesting topic for some of you. I was speaking to a couple uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, and they're really the inspiration for this particular episode. But really, what a lot of people are asking is, how do you create or what are my options to create $200,000 in passive income or five years or less? And, you know, really the, the key takeaways that I want to kind of unpack today is around really suggesting that if you can learn some simple principles, you can absolutely make better investment decisions. And it is absolutely realistic to create that level of income provided you have the right thinking and actions to accompany it. So if I just give you a really quick overview of who this couple were, because I think they're a casing illustration for what's possible. So this particular couple were relatively young. They had a couple of investment properties, not a huge amount of equity, about half a million dollars worth of of capital or equity in those investment properties. They also had recently purchased a home. Again, not a huge amount of equity in it, but they had bought this particular house because they felt that there was some development potential, which they were hoping to undertake sometime down the track. So, you know, already quite ambitious thinking about how to build wealth outside of their business. Now, they ran a relatively successful business that was hammered during COVID and they were now, you know, in a position to really get things firing on all cylinders. You know, depending on, you know, how things went over the next year or two, they were anticipating pulling anywhere from two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars out in terms of dividends, which is, you know, for the vast majority of people, that would be a, a pretty epic outcome. They were a husband and wife team in the business. They were both singing from the same song sheet. They were both ambitious around their wealth creation goals. And really the conversation that I had with them was about, you know, what were they doing right now to build the wealth that they want? What was awesome about this couple were they were very clear about what they wanted, by when, and they were exploring lots of different avenues to get themselves there. The strategy that they had settled on as being the most effective for developing passive income was actually commercial real estate. And I've literally just recorded a podcast episode on this. So please go back and have a listen to that. And, you know, going through their thinking and their kind of means and their fuel and their capacity to invest, it was pretty clear to me as we worked through their numbers that the strategy that they had in mind wasn't actually going to get them where they wanted to go. So they had a goal of creating a couple hundred thousand in passive income within the next five years so that they had greater options around whether or not they continued to hustle at the level of intensity that they were five years and beyond. Now, again, kudos to these guys because they were very mindful and thoughtful about the wealth building process. They were also crystal clear on their goals 
which often isn't the case uh, when I first speak to people. So I just want to unpack a couple of principles today, which I think would be really useful to the vast majority of you that are thinking about how do I choose between different strategies? How do I get where I want to go in the most efficient way, taking on the least amount of risk and using the least amount of capital as well? You've heard me talk in past podcast episodes about minimum effective capital. And it's definitely something that I still, you know, massively advocate. You don't want to necessarily deprive or starve your lifestyle of any more capital than is absolutely necessary because obviously you want to enjoy life and the tension between enjoyment and investing is a difficult one for a lot of people. But I digress. Where I want to really go today is, and where I want to start is that number one, you have to be able to do basic math on returns and outcomes in order to engineer the outcome that you want. So many of you know that I'm a huge advocate for reverse engineering. Now, obviously, reverse engineering to some degree assumes perfect market conditions, which obviously the world is not perfect market conditions. But the idea from my perspective of reverse engineering and creating these, I guess, template style game plans is so that you have at least some direction and a flavor for what's possible. I heard Alex Hormozzi, who I think is a a phenomenal thinker, talk the other day about there not being one path to success as an entrepreneur or business owner. And I think the same is true of investing. There's no one path to get you to where you want to be, but you need to at least be pointing in the right direction and taking consistent action. So if you can do the basic maths on the returns and potentially what kind of fuel you're going to have, it's not rocket science to reverse engineer a potential pathway. So let me just give you a a couple of key examples. And I've got my uh, trusty spreadsheet up here just to kind of help me because uh, my mental arithmetic isn't as good as it used to be. So let's start with the idea that you want to have $200,000 in roughly five years time. Now, if you start with the idea of, well, how hard does that capital need to be working for me? And then you can start to jump off into ideas and threads around, well, what kind of assets do I need to hold in order to achieve that outcome? So let's say you wanted 200,000 and you were prepared to tolerate a 1% cash flow return from your investments. That would imply that you would need $20 million worth of net assets in order to create $200,000 worth of income. Now let's go to 2.5%. If you could expect a 2.5% net cash flow, after all expenses, bankable money that you can spend, then you're going to need closer to $8 million working at 2% to get the 200000 If we say that we want an 8% return, then that capital sum drops to $2.5 million. So you only need $2.5 million working at 8% net to give you 200000 Then if you could get 10% return from your capital, you'd only need roughly $2 million to get that same 200000 and so on. So, you know, going up to 12%, you only need $1.6 million to get that 200000 If you were able to generate 15%, you'd only need $1.3 million to get the 200000 So, clearly, like, you know, this isn't Again, I'm not trying to bamboozle you with numbers here, but if you can understand the basic fundamentals of if I had X capital working at Y percentage net return, then this is how much income I could generate. And, you know, conversely, if you need a certain amount of income in order to sustain your baseline living costs, then you just have to kind of work out how hard can I get that capital to work in order to achieve game over. Now, for the vast majority of investors, they're thinking along the lines of traditional investments, which are things like shares and traditional property. And where we come from in this part of the 
world, Australia, New Zealand, it is not untypical or it is typical, I should say, to be earning anywhere from a one to two and a half percent net return with very little or no debt. So in other words, the the yield or the income stream that we can generate from property and shares is often very poor. I think I mentioned in a prior podcast, financial planners right now are suggesting that even if you were super aggressive about investing in shares, the best you could possibly do is maybe 4%. So the point of why I'm explaining this to you is that if you go down the traditional pathway of investing in assets that majority of people are investing in, you cannot expect to get a stellar return as far as cash flow goes. Now, that doesn't mean to say you don't invest there. And certainly I've talked about this a lot as well in past podcasts. You need to use often traditional real estate and traditional property to grow your capital base. It's a fantastic vehicle for that. Now, once you have some capital behind you, the question then becomes how clever are you going to be or how innovative are you going to be around putting that capital to work? And so the next piece of your mathematical analysis is, let's say you had a net worth of $5 million. How do you kind of break that into two or three baskets? So it's okay, for example, for you to say, well, the vast majority of my capital is going to be in bricks and mortar that I can see and touch that are in my backyard or in my country that I want to have and that is going to be earning me that one to two and a half percent. I'm okay with that. Underneath that, you might even have your retirement funds in traditional super earning even less. Now, where alternative real estate deals come into play is it is very easy to be earning conservatively in assets that you do not have to take much risk in. And and when I say much, I say relatively speaking, these are lower risk strategies than even traditional assets, primarily because they aren't susceptible to the traditional fluctuations of the market just because of the way these deals are structured. But let's say alternative real estate deals that all day long will earn you 8 to 12%. So really what you're trying to do with your mathematical planning is say, well, what percentage of my capital do I need to drip feed into those sorts of real estate deals over the next two, three, four, five years in order to get me to the passive income that I want. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. And again, I'm just going to bring up my trusty spreadsheets. If you had, let's say half a million dollars and you were prepared to accept an after-tax net return of say 10% and you had a business that had the ability to throw off, you know, reasonably steady dividends. And let's say you put half of those dividends, 200,000 into your investing in alternative each year, then essentially Essentially, if you compounded at that rate of return, meaning you let your returns reinvest at the end of each year, by the end of year five, you would have a balance of capital of just over two mil, so 2.026 mil, throwing off about 202,000. Now, you know, I have been an investor for a long time. I have really tried as many strategies as I could get my hands on. And I can tell you right now that I have been unable to find another asset class or series of strategies that will give me that kind of return in a sustainable way that I can actually bank on reliable, sustainable, passive income that I can use to kind of live off. You know, I haven't certainly, even with my very aggressive traditional property, 
company investing have been unable to achieve the same level of cash flow. And that includes commercial property. So, you know, another example might be you start with a lower balance. Let's say you start with a couple of hundred thousand. And again, you aim for that after tax return. Each year at the end of each year, you add in a couple of hundred thousand from your active income. At the end of the fifth year, you've got 1.54 million in working capital in alternative, and that's throwing off $154,000 in net cash flow. So the point of taking you through these random examples is really to just say, this is not rocket science. You need to have a good grasp on the simple math of what it takes to get you where you want to go. Now, if you're in the position where you just want to, you're happy to earn that one to two and a half percent net cash flow, then by all means, reverse engineer that. And if you need 10 or $20 million worth of net real estate in order to achieve that, go for gold. But I can tell I can tell you now, it's much harder to achieve that from zero unless you're earning a significant active income than it was 20 years ago when I first started. So that's kind of the first point I want to make, which is you need to be able to do the basic math. You don't necessarily have to take big risks to achieve this. And you know some of the fundamentals I've spoken about in other podcasts are along the line of focus on a pipeline of deals, not individual deals. I guess the learning that I've had, particularly over the last 10 years, is instead of seeking uh, individual investments to get a killer outcome, so trying to find opportunities which outperform the norm and kind of sifting through hundreds of deals to find the one good one, what I prefer to do is get a reasonable rate of return on good deals that are all taking me in the right direction. And I'm fortunate enough now that within the community that I'm part of, that I can get access to a great opportunities as and when I need them. And so that is ultimately the goal and the position that you want to put yourself in. So the second point I want to make is that let's assume you've established what you want by when, and you have a pretty good understanding of what percentage of your working capital might need to be in these alternative assets at whatever rate or in traditional property at whatever rate. The next question is, how do you find those investments that can deliver you the outcome that you want? So let's imagine you've got to choose from shares, blockchain, active developments, traditional buy and hold property, um, flipping real estate, alternative real estate, whatever it is that kind of feels congruent with what you want to do and the risk that you're prepared to take. And you know, then you've got to go out there and find the deals. And as I've already alluded to, what we're seeking to build is a pipeline of opportunities. Take the attention away from individual deals and focus on that pipeline. And so that really kind of leads me to my final point today, which is before you even start to think about, you know, which asset class and which strategies are the ones that you should focus on, you've got to educate yourself on how this stuff works. So don't take my word for it when it comes to alternative real estate deals. The single biggest point of failure in most investors is lack of awareness and education. I've caught up with so many people over the last six months who have the right mindset, certainly don't lack ambition, but they're they're kind of pulling themselves down a pathway which is hard or potentially the long route to where they want to go. So what that means is you've got to continue to cultivate a mindset of being completely agnostic about what, how, when, where, and focus more on fundamental principles that are open to new ways 
ways of thinking and uh, of achieving the goals that you want. So guys, achieving $200,000 in passive income, which is really the title for today's podcast, is definitely within the grasp of most investors. Obviously, in the examples that I've given today, I'm kind of illustrating that you need to start with some capital. But if you are someone who is genuinely ambitious about achieving uh, financial freedom, meaning the choice around how you spend your time, whether you work, how you have impact in the world, then it is absolutely essential, in my opinion, to be thinking about and educating yourself on alternative real estate opportunities. And, you know, in the case of this particular couple, they were very much fixated with one particular pathway to get them where they want to go. And they weren't prepared to look at the math. So I think, you know, for those of you who are interested in early retirement or, you know, stepping into other opportunities or other career moves uh, well before retirement age, this is absolutely an exercise that you have to undertake. If you are interested in having a play with um, a calculator, there's definitely a free one on my website called the Freedom Mapper. So just go to ncosiwealth.com and you should be able to get a hold of that. But otherwise, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you want to better understand how to apply this calculator in your situation. But look, guys, this is really important stuff. You cannot skip the math. I know it's something that makes some people's eyes glaze over. I try very hard not to be a typical accountant when it comes to this stuff. But the idea of these calculators and these like mini forecasters is to give you a flavor of what's possible. And once you know the kind of the parameters of, oh, okay, I need X amount of capital working at at Y rate, then it's really easy to execute and make decisions which are congruent with that. Otherwise, you will suffer from what most investors suffer from, which is you're very organic in your decision making and very opportunistic, and you kind of can get distracted and off track and inadvertently take the long and expensive path. So guys, till next time, um, hope this has been really useful and can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to inkosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.